Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome in. It's Faith, Family, and Football with Clark Phillips III, Episode 3. Can you believe it, Clark? Three episodes into this bad boy. Time flies, and we're so close to a game now. We were just talking about, you know, previewing a game. Now we're close. We're, what, a day out? Yep, tomorrow. We're game day eve, if you will. Game day eve, baby. It's almost here. Season opener. 2021 will be kicking off on Thursday at Rice-Eccles Stadium. Tomorrow, if you're tuning into this right as as the episode launched, Utah will take on Weber State at the newly renovated Rice-Eccles Stadium. It'll be jam-packed. Everyone's excited. I've already talked to some fans, by the way, that are starting to tailgate at 7 a.m. Wow. Diehards, right? Like, the game doesn't kick off till 5.30. (laughs) We've had a long time since we've had an in-person game, Trev. I I don't blame them. Yeah? How are you, man? I'm great. I'm great. I'm, uh, you know, feeling really good, ready ready to play a game of football. It's been a while, it feels like. We only got five games last year, so... Shoot, hopefully we get to kick off, and we get to kick off 12 to 13 to 14 more times, you know. Let's hope 14, because <laughs> that means you guys are in the championship right. game and you get a bowl game. That's right. And, so, maybe, and maybe you guys are smelling roses? Smelling roses. We're going to win it all, man. You're going to win it all. <laughs> I mean, he, he's already said that before, so that isn't breaking news. But, uh, again, welcome in. It's Faith, Family, and Football with Clark Phillips the third. It's powered by KSLSports.com. By the way, music provided by Bryce Phillips. So shout out to B. Shout out to Lil B, man. Appreciate you, Bryce. So uh, coming in with the beats. And uh, by the way, follow Clark on Twitter. It's at ClarkPhillips21 and on Instagram at ClarkPhillips3, which is three eyes. Three uh, eyes yep. So whenever we say the third, it's just three eyes. It's not, don't type out the third <laughs> um, on, on Instagram. Give him a follow there. You guys can also follow me at Trevor A Sports on Twitter. We got a packed show today. Um, we're going to preview the Weber State Wildcats. As you guys have been watching film on them for the last, like, what, like three weeks, it seems yeah, like? Yeah. Um, talk about some of the some of the personnel, some of the matchups you guys will be going up against, especially for you, some very talented wideouts, yeah. at least within that that uh, Big Sky um, conference. But this will also help you prepare for what you have ahead, which is USC, Washington State, Oregon, all of those really talented receivers in within the Pac-12 conference. Um, and then we also will have college football picks. Clark and I are going to get a little competitive here, it seems like. Because I, I told him, I, I was like, we're going to do five games in college, and then once the NFL kicks up, so starting next week, we'll do five NFL games, and I'm going to keep track of the records, and you're like, I'm not losing this thing. It's like, you're already making this competitive, and we <laughs> haven't even picked yet. I don't lose, man. I can't lose at this, Trav. And by the way, we're not going to pick any Utah games, because we already know, you're not going to be like, yeah, we're going to lose to USC. <laughs> like, I just don't see that happening. Nah, so not happening we're, we're, not, we're not going to pick Utah games. Um, but we will pick some Pac-12. There's one Pac-12 game in there. We'll, we'll get to that coming up in our third segment. But uh, So the Wildcats. You guys are now, it, it seems like everything's buttoned up. You guys already went through the first week of, I guess, the walkthrough of what a, a game week's like. Yeah. And then you guys are, are, are now finishing up. You guys have already wrapped up yeah. the second week of that. How's it gone now? You guys have, are kind of in that flow now of what it's like to go into a game? Yeah, man. We uh, So 
now it's literally just now since we're a day out, man, it's like we're just trying to prepare. We prepared every day. We prepared our feels like for a month, but it's only been two and a half to three weeks, you know, preparing for Weber State. But um, it's just literally just come down to every single day going through different tendencies, going through different, you know, uh, strategies in order to find weaknesses within their scheme offensively um, on the defensive side of the ball or on the in the cornerback room. Personally, we've been just trying to um, figure out the different techniques and the different uh, tendencies that we can find with, you know, guys like number 22, guys like, you know, uh, Ty McPherson or whatever, uh, number 17, and other guys that can possibly be, you know, threats to our defense. We're just trying to break them down to science, and I think we've done a great job doing so, and we're ready to play, man. So as you look at the Wildcats, uh, again, you've already mentioned it. I've mentioned it. Some pretty talented wideouts. Yeah. Uh, you, you already mentioned two of them, Shahid and, and, and a Ty McPherson, um, what what do those guys do well? What are some of the things you're going to need to do in order to uh, slow them down? Um, so I think um, they do some great things. They uh, they definitely been in the program for a little bit. Uh, Shahid had a good COVID year last year. Uh, well, the spring season, yeah, spring, yeah, just a couple months ago. <laughs> yeah, a couple months ago. So they should be fresh and ready to go or warmed up, if you will. And so I feel like Shahid, he's he's definitely got some. Some long speed. According to his 200 times and his 100 times, he can run pretty well. Um, he's a quick guy. He's nimble. He's a uh, slender frame. So we've got some things to try to attack that. Um, McPherson, he's a deep threat. He's got super sure hands, strong hands. He's I feel like he's caught a lot of balls, you know, contested. He's probably the better contested catcher. Um, and, you know, we think that everybody on their roster has got something that can, you know, try to exploit a defense. But we've done everything in our power up until this point to try to, uh, you know, keep that, to battle that, to combat that, and to try to make sure that we're in the best situation, best position. And I know Scally's going to call the best plays and the best uh, defense for for these guys. And, you know, as a cornerback room, we just – as corners, man, being competitive, it's, it's crazy the way our room is. We're like, man, we just want to man these guys. We just want to, hey, let, let me just lock up uh, 22. I'm telling Coach Shaw, let me just lock up, you know. And so, but as a D coordinator, you know, you have to put your guys in the best position. So we're going to do everything in our power. And I know they're going to do everything in their power to, to allow ourselves to every, – every goal, every game, let me just say this before this becomes a, uh, a big statement. We try to hold everyone at zero points. And so that's our goal for this game. Which is very is very possible because you guys already have five games under your belt from last year, which right. should be very helpful to you. And we'll talk about that here coming up. But uh, something that has has been brought up many many times, especially last year, yeah, a, a scally coach defense is usually a, a press man coverage. That's right. And you guys didn't really do that last year. You guys were more in, yeah. in his own coverage, but. Um, are you? Do you guys feel better about going into man coverage? Are you guys going to be doing that more often this year? I mean, without giving away the game plan, most definitely. Is, is that going to be one of the things you guys are going to be focused on? Is 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 going prep press man coverage? Yeah, man. I, I'll just say that you know, widely we've we've kind of worked on all of that. Um, this year we don't have uh, the. I would say this year we ha- we've had the opportunity to kind of work on everything. Like last year, of course with the COVID season meant that, you know, we couldn't really do as much in fall camp and in spring and all that stuff. We couldn't even really, you know, we had to wear masks and stuff. We couldn't play press man because of the social distancing thing. And so this year I'll say that, you know, in, in practice and stuff, we've been able to kind of do that stuff. So I think we're repped up and I think um, coach Kelly feels confident in the fact that we can do so. Um, not speaking for him, but I'll just say that uh, we've been doing our thing and we feel like um, come game one, we'll be ready for whatever coach Kelly calls. You know, going going through that that COVID season, five games under your belt, you know at least the rigors and and how and how much of a toll it takes on your body yeah. throughout a college football season. I mean, at least a little bit. You'll end up getting over double that with uh, twelve games, potentially thirteen, potentially fourteen. Yeah. Um, knowing that Weber State played games during spring ball, and you know, basically getting five months. In, in the middle of, of a season. Mm-hmm. How much do you think that that's going to play a factor, either positive or negative, to their advantage? Um, I think it, it can have both positive and negative, honestly, Trev. I think um, positive, like, they'll, you know, hopefully they don't, in their, in their minds, they probably won't skip a beat because they just played literally some months ago. Um, negatively, I feel like they probably won't change. So on the defensive side of the ball, we're, we're seeing a lot of the same guys. Um, 
we're seeing their tendencies and we can really have more of, you know, something stable to study for because it's like, hey, they just did this. I don't think that, you know, they're going to have a change in heart in a couple of months. Hasn't been a year. Hasn't It wasn't like it's last year. No, it was a couple of months ago. So I feel like negatively um, we can use that against them. And that's what we've been trying to exploit and trying to figure out, hey, what are the what is the likelihood of them changing? So we've been studying everything to science and, you know, treating it like it's the Bible, man. It's the truth. So as you guys look at their uh, quarterback, Bronson Barron, the guy that you're going to try and pick off tomorrow yeah. night, um, what does he do well? What are, what are some of the things you've noticed in his game that, that you could be able to exploit? Man, I think um, – so his decision making is really well is really good. I think that's probably played a part a part or a part into why he uh, won the starting job. But I think that um, he's super confident in his receivers, um, and that confidence sometimes can you know lead to pride, and pride can be a downfall. And so I feel like him having that overconfidence in the receivers may force him to throw a questionable ball, and that's when guys like me and myself and you know my secondary we come in and we take it. You know, that that questionable ball that you may throw up and maybe Shahid or whatever his name is, he's made that play, play after uh, game after game, play after play. And now it's my turn to make that play. And, you know, that's when I feel like we establish ourselves uh, as a secondary when we start, you know, capitalizing on the quarterback's indecision or overconfidence, because I think that um, he has valid reason for having um, the supreme confidence in his receivers because they've made a lot of plays. Uh, between Ty and Rashid, Rashid, um, we think um, they're going to try to force some balls in there. Now, one one of the things that has always been talked about whenever a Pac-12 team plays a Big Sky team or you know a team out of the FBS playing a team at, out of the FCS <laughs> is you you kind of know going in we're probably going to get the win unless we just have a, a catastrophic collapse and things like that. And usually teams go in there thinking we need to focus on on what we do rather than really scouting of what they do. Yeah. Is that is that kind of the case or, or are you guys still honed in on everything that that a Weber does? Man, honestly, you know, we we treat every game like it's our last. Um with that being said, we treat every game like a Super Bowl. Uh coach Scally and coach Whittingham both say, you know, repeatedly, "Hey, you know, we have 12 games, 12 stumbling, 12, 12 roadblocks in our way." You know, we have 12 Super Bowls. So every single game we're treating like, hey, this is the game that's going to get us into the, you know, college football playoffs. This is the game that's going to get us to the next level. And so um, with that being said, you know, whether it's, you know, Alabama or, or Weber State, we take everyone serious. And that's not a knock on Weber State. It's just, you know, what it is. We're playing them game one. And so we're treating them even more so as like a threat because it's game one. We all know, you know. Game ones usually are a big dictator of how your season's going to go. If you start off you know, on a bad foot, it can, it can really set you up for a bad for a bad thing. And so we're trying to start off on the right foot, and we're we're grateful for the opportunity to to see Weber State, and you know we plan on getting our season off to the right start. Do you guys, as cornerbacks, scout out the running bit, the the running game for, yeah. for for the opponent? So they they've got a pretty good running back in Josh Davis, but they also have two or three guys behind him who who can carry the rock pretty well. Yeah, man, uh, number 20. I, I don't know his name. Is that Josh Davis? I believe that that is Josh Davis. Okay, number 20, man. He, he's really good. Uh, he's a he's a, he's a a uh, very, very decisive running back. I'll say he's got good vision and stuff. Um, he's done some great things in his league, in his conference or whatever. And so we think that, um, you know, like like I said earlier, man, we take everyone serious. And, you know, we not for one second do we, you know, ever underestimate anyone. And we think that – um. He's done some great things, but he's not going to do great things against us. <laughs> yeah, as for as for dang sure, and so we plan on you know doing what we've got to do to to keep him bum, bundled up and not running around and like a crazy man like he's done all over his conference. Now I've I've noticed that especially last year when uh, Malone got got uh, kicked out for targeting. Yeah, you you uh, played nickel. Yeah. And in, in in fall camp last year, you got a lot of nickel reps because they wanted to get you comfortable with that. And and Morgan Scalia has said this, Sharif Shaw has said this, even Kyle Whittingham has said this that that nickel is probably the hardest position to play within Kyle's defensive scheme. What is the difference between corner and nickel? Ooh, great question, man. I I probably could write a book about this. Yeah, absolutely. And I and I would read it <laughs> cover to cover. Man, it, it's tough. I appreciate that, man. But um, so. First off, corner, um, whether it's man coverage, whether it's zone coverage, um, you're playing from an outside or in perspective. 
nickel, you're playing from an inside out. So whereas in corner in, in a basic you know coverage, you're a secondary run support defender. Whether it's zone, uh, man, anything, in spe- particularly uh, in zone, your secondary run support defender. So if it, if it be cover three, cover four, you're not you earn extra points if you come up and show up in a run. But that's not you're not a box player. Whereas at nickel, you're basically an additional linebacker. So you've got to be ready to basically be primary run support in whatever coverage that it is, except for man. You know, especially if you're getting ran down the field, they don't expect you to, hey, you need to be in the box. But, um, you know, but at nickel, you're basically your rules at nickel, you're inside. At outside corner, you're outside. So basically all your run fits, you're probably going to be fitting inside, whereas at corner, you're outside. So, I mean, I just think about a simple, like, you know, stretch play. You know, they're running a stretch to the field. The corner's got to basically go outside the receiver. If time and distance, you know, basically allows you to go outside the receiver, Nickel's going to basically shoot his gap or shoot inside D gap player. Mm-hmm. And so your rules are just completely different. It's literally the opposite. So it's inside out, it's outside in, whatever you want to call it. It's just like, so going from world to world, man, it can be a whirlwind. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. And you have to have a good grasp of the defense. And that's another thing. Like, it's just so grateful for my coaches and the way that they were able to kind of break down the defense for me. It took a lot of studying and time and stuff, but the way that they were kind of make uh, able to make me understand it faster, it made me understand nickel a lot faster, and now i got a great grasp on it. So what makes nickel so difficult to play within Kyle Whittingham's scheme? Man, I think um, nickel in general, before you know, even talking about Coach Whittingham's scheme, like in man coverage, for instance, I just think I just thought about it. You know, the receiver's got a two-way go. There ain't no using your side, the sideline as your friend. At, at outside corner, you can, you know, leverage the sideline. Like I use the sideline a lot. I'll run guys out of bounds, you know, if it's a vertical route. At nickel, you're by yourself. And, you know, you've got it, you know, the guy can run outside, he can run inside, he can run a fade, he can run whatever he wants. He's got all the field in the world, where, wherever he is, boundary, you know, uh, in the field, in the field of play, all of that stuff. And so, and then back to your question. And within Coach Whittingham's scheme, I just feel like there's a lot of responsibility because, you know, you can be you can be a blitzer, a dropper. The nickel's got just as much responsibility. I feel like as a, as a linebacker. With in addition, you got to cover a receiver, so it just kind of adds to that to that list, you know. So are are you Malone's backup at at a nickel as of right now? Because uh, you you end up talking about after the uh, se- second scrimmage, yeah, that that you end up getting all nickel reps. Yeah, man. So uh, all of fall camp, I hadn't really gotten too many nickel reps. I don't recall getting any, but I want to say maybe might have been one day. But the last scrimmage, man, I um, the coaches really wanted me to kind of see that world again and make sure that I was still, you know, repped up and stuff just in case, you know, anything were to happen in any game, I'd be able to kind of be filled in at nickel and not have not 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 skip a beat in that respect. And so the scrimmage was, you know, uh, scrimmage two was was a nickel day for me. And it was good to get back acclimated, man. I ended up getting an interception. Got called back. They said it was a PI on JD, but it was not a PI. But, you know, it goes like that sometimes, you know, and that's why we just continue to try to take the ball. So not only would you have to potentially guard tight ends at at, at nickel, you're also guarding slot receivers. So you could either be guarding big, yeah. f- big physical tight ends or quick, small slot so, receivers. Yeah, you've got to be tuned into the game because you don't want to go up to, you know, the smallest, you know, speech to like a JD type of guy yeah. and be thinking, oh, yeah, i got to play him like a tight end because if you put your head down and try to hit him and you miss, he's gone for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So you've got to be tuned into the game, no situation. Uh, down a distance last year, it made me think about it. I had a play last year, man, against Oregon State um, where I was playing. So, you know, the sticks, if it's like a third and long, it was like third and 30. I think Mika Tafu had just got a sack. It looked like a fumble, mm-hmm. but they ended up recovering it. Yeah. Um, and, like, basically, I played at the first stick that I saw. I was so tired, man, and I had looked back, and I played at the first stick, not knowing that 10 yards after that was was the next sticks. And so Coach Scally called a call that basically made us play at the sticks, and I'm wondering why everyone's so far back, and I'm thinking it's like third and 12. So I'm playing at the 12, and really it was like third and, like, 22. Mm-hmm. And so everyone was playing super far, and I ended up giving up like a deeper. It wasn't a super deep route, but they ended up throwing it basically to the sticks. And I was so mad at myself. But it's just plays like that at nickel that you have to be repped up in order to, you know, kind of realize like, hey, you know, I'm playing a different world. At corner, I've been right by the sticks. I'm like, what the hell? Okay, bad. I can see the whole field. At nickel, <laughs> you're kind of in that box, and you know, if you don't look around and stuff, yeah. it's 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 tough. It's you really got to keep your head. You, on, got, you on really got to keep your head. You know, you're looking both ways at corner. I'm looking. Okay, what's JT doing? What's what's Malone doing? Okay. Devin, okay. Oh, that's why, you know, so it's just a different world. And so being repped up, it definitely helped me out. 
All right, we are gonna we're gonna take a break. Coming up next, uh, we're gonna find out what Clark does to get ready for a game. Uh, the uh, the uh, pregame ritual from from waking up to uh, getting o- over to the stadium. We'll uh, find out what he does uh, to get ready for a game. Now that he has one whole season under his belt and going into a second one, it's game day eve here on Faith Family Football with Clark Phillips. Awesome. friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Faith Family Football with Clark Phillips III, Trevor Allen alongside, as we are just one day out. By the way, I just want to say this, Clark, um, you probably noticed uh, last Wednesday, when yeah. we were eight days out from the opener, there was a little countdown graphic in your honor. Yeah, man. I appreciate that. I, that made me happy. I saw that. I was like, dang. It just reminded me how fast it's coming, but how long it's taking at the same time. I feel like when we get to single digits, man, it takes forever. I started that thing on May 25th, <laughs> and yeah. I did a graphic every day. Wow. 100 days, 100 graphics, profiling every player on that roster. That's some working, Trev. And the Are roster changed. Sore yet? Huh? Are your fingers sore yet? Fingers and voice, because I, I had to do a voiceover, too, <laughs> um, for those things. But, uh, no, it's actually a lot of fun. You guys really enjoyed that, it seemed like, uh, because I was tagging your, your teammates in it, and they, they seemed to enjoy it, even like the walk-ons. And, yeah, yeah, you everyone. Know, you know, some of the, some of the younger guys, and uh, just, you know, give them a little extra love, uh, you know, just for working hard and all that stuff. And I figured that that was something that, and even, even the fans really embraced it. Um, by the way, I want to give you a shout-out, because on the last episode, I, uh, <clears throat> I gave a little prediction that you'd be named to the leadership council. And oh, yeah, lo you and did. behold, <laughs> Clark Phillips is on the leadership council. How Appreciate did that how that. did that feel when it was announced that you were on the on the council? Man, it was a big moment for me. Um I thought about it and you know, it'd been on my mind that whole weekend, you know, because we had the weekend to think about it and stuff and to vote and everything. And so the fact that my team put me on there, man, was just just a blessing. It just shows um leadership can come from anyone. I feel like I'm a younger player. Could be a sophomore, but I'm I'm a tr- super freshman again. Yep. And so, like, I feel like leadership, you know, can come from any position. That's what the coaches have told me. You know, as long as you're handling your 20 square feet and um, you're you're being compelling, you're committed, all that different type of stuff that I feel like I'm working towards, um, you can be a leader. And so I'm just thankful for my team and my teammates and my coaches having faith in me and putting me in this position, man, because, you know, it's just at the end of the day, it's a title and I got to continue to handle me and continue to lead the guys. Yeah, and you guys also named captains, um, Britton Covey and Definitely. Cam Rising, oh, yeah, yeah. who yeah. is actually the backup quarterback. We can actually talk about this now because it was actually released on the, the, the yeah. depth chart. Witt was quiet about it leading up to it. It was already being like some of the reports were out there. I was yeah. able to confirm it. And not from you. For those of you out there like, yeah, you probably hit up Clark. No, I didn't. All right. <laughs> I have other sources. Clark's not my only source. Um, and really... So it's Cam Rising, Britton Covey from the offense, Devin Lloyd, Mika Tafu, which that was a shoe in, yeah, basically, 
And then there's one special teams guy which is going to rotate according to Whittingham. Yeah, yeah whoever and plays actually we decided uh, Keegan's going to be the honorary, and every week we're going to basically have you know someone for that respective week. So then you're going to have another special teams yeah. captain. Yeah. So Keegan's going to be at every single week. Yeah, he's going to be the honorary gonna captain. Add. They may not mention him, may or may not. I don't want to say anything that's going to be called yeah. back or whatever, but he's going to be the captain because he's been here so long and he's a leader on the team. You know, he's a captain he, by his actions. So. You know, every week uh, we'll have, you know, a new one based on, you know, performance, performance based captain. And then I'm looking up and down the uh, leadership council. I believe you're the youngest guy on there because, yeah, Charlie Brewer, Britton Covey, they're all seniors. Britton's like a um, a doctorate. <laughs> um, Vontae Davis, Solomon Enos, yeah. Nick Ford, Cole Fotheringham, Devin Kafusi, they're all upperclassmen. Blake, uh, Brant Keithy, yeah. Devin Lloyd, Keegan Markraff, you, TJ Pledger. Hawati Pututau, Cam Rising, Nephi Sewell, and Mika Tafua. You're like the only underclassman yeah. named to the leadership council. That has to mean a little bit something more, right? Most definitely, man. That's why I think it hit my heart so hard, man, because you, know, you work really, really hard to try to be compelling and be a leader within your room and within the team and stuff, and you just don't know how much you get noticed. You know, and it's not for any outward show or anything like that, but I just feel like I just try to continually handle my 20 square feet, as the coaches say, and try to be compelling in my room and my respective field and area. And, um, you know, when you get recognized in something like that, when especially when it's organic and it's real, you kind of you sit back and you just you're thankful, you're grateful. And I'm like, I'm just super thankful and grateful for my teammates and for my coaches, man. I can't say it enough because those are the guys that notice and those are the guys that, you know, that feel that way about me. So for those out there who don't know, um, what is the Leadership Council? Leadership Council is just uh, basically a team of 16 guys uh, within the team that basically have shown uh, the leadership qualities, you know, that every team needs. And basically the guys that are basically, yeah, on Leadership Council are the guys that come together. We meet about things within the team. We meet about, you know, what's going on, uh, meet about games, uh, meet about everything, man, and just – the information that needs to be conveyed to Coach Whittingham or information that Whittingham needs to convey to us to get to the team, and that's how all that stuff uh, transpires, and that's how all that stuff goes, man. And really it's just another way for guys to continue to express their leadership, man. I feel like it's the biggest thing. I'm actually going to throw out another prediction. By your, I'm going to say junior year, which I guess that would mean your fourth year, right? Yeah, that would. If you're actually still here, because you – <laughs> After next year, you will be eligible to go to the NFL draft. Yeah. And, I mean, for me personally, I, I hope you stay. Yeah. But if you have a chance to go to the NFL, you do it. Can't pass it up. Um, And hopefully we can announce whether you're going to the NFL draft or staying on this show. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, <laughs> that uh, I, think, time. I think when it's all said and done, you are going to be a captain of this team. You know what? I don't think I can go against what you're saying anymore because, you know, last couple times I've questioned you, man. You've been right within weeks' notice. And then you want to go up against me in college football picks? <laughs> That's different. You're That's different. Here, you're sitting here talking all that smack already. <laughs> um, okay. Now now that we're sitting a day out from the opener, um, as, you, as you get ready for this game, I kind of want to give our listeners kind of that inside look. Yeah. How does Clark Phillips prepare? So, game day. You wake up. You know that you have a game. That night. Yeah. How do you go about your day? Man, great question. So I honestly got to start from the night before. Okay. So when we get into the hotel, um, this has been since high school. Um, I usually stretch. I say, you know, my prayer, man. I say my prayer about nine, ten o'clock, and then I stretch. I just stretch for about 30 minutes and do my meditation. I visualize, man. I sit there for about 30, 40 minutes, and I just literally am sitting there. My thoughts are only on ball. I'm just thinking about every single play. So the film that I've watched, the film that I've acquired, the film that I've added to my mind and all the plays that I've studied, you know, based on the other team, the opponent scout, I'm just sitting there. I'm just thinking about uh, literally what the receiver is going to do and what I've seen and visualizing myself making plays, visualizing, you know, that pick six I had against Washington State, I had seen it about four times. So when it happened, it was wow. It, it, it was it was just like a dream. It was like. I've seen this before. You know those dreams that you have, and then your day, literally, you feel like you're acting out that dream? Mm-hmm. That's what it felt like. Wow. And so, like, it, like uh, visualization for me is probably one of the biggest parts of my game, because I, and then I do it again in the locker room. So that morning, you know, of course, we have team breakfast or whatever. We'll eat and stuff, and, you know, we'll get together as a corner room, I think, again. And then the defense will uh, kind of walk through and kind of go over, the, you know, the, some of the calls that we're going to call towards the formations that we'll see. Um 
right after that, you know, we get on the buses and stuff and then we'll head over. Depending on when the game is, because it's a night game, we'll have a lot more downtime. If we get a little time in between that um, to basically rest up, sometimes they'll give, give us about two hours to kind of go to our hotel rooms, kind of decompress, kind of chill. I'll go in there, man, and I'll visualize again. I'm just sitting in there. I'll spend about 20 minutes literally just praying. I'll pray first, and then I'll, you know, do a little bit of stretching, and then I'll just visualize some more, man. And I feel like it's 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 almost been a cheat because I'm sure seeing, sounds like it. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm just seeing myself, and and I feel like if I miss a play, I get mad at myself when when I get when I get out to the field and I don't see a play that I saw, you know, my visualization. I'm like, damn, I didn't go over that one. All right, really? All right, I'll I'll watch it in film. If I don't remember to visualize it, I'm like. I can't be mad at myself. I didn't make that play because I didn't already see it. And so, like, just I feel like I've already seen everything before the game's already happened, whether it be film, whether it be, you know, uh, what is it, scout team when mm-hmm. they're going through plays or visualize, visualization. Sometimes I'll try to visualize the craziest routes that a guy can run, a double move, a triple move, just in case it happens. Just so I'm like, I'm not like, oh, dang, this is the first time. Whoa, what is he doing? Why is he lining up on the on the numbers? This is what he usually does. And so that and then so after visualization, man, when we get – so I'll just – I'll fast forward to the locker room. We get to the locker room. I, I queue up my two songs, man, uh, both gospel songs. One, Kirk Franklin, Imagine Me. Um, then the next one is Hear My Cry by Fred Hamilton. Uh, yeah, Fred – yeah, Fred, uh, I forget his last name, but Fred is his first name. And so I basically queue up those two songs, man. I listen to them over and over again. Those are the songs that I basically meditate to, I pray to. Do you do you just swap back and forth between swap the two? Swap back and forth. They're, bo- they're both queued up, and that's when I'm just basically going into trying to prepare myself for battle, asking God to calm my spirit, no anxiety, no anxiousness, um, and just to allow me to show what I got, you know. Um, and so I just sit there, man, I'll pray, and now it's time to go. And then I, you know, go walk out to the field when they call the first group to warm up and I'll say my prayer at the goal line. Um, and then from, from then on, we, we do our warm ups. We go back to the locker room. I throw my AirPods and, you know, top drawer or whatever their locker room looks like if it's opponent room. And now our new locker room, I'll be putting it at the, uh, right where my phone will be charging. And so that's freaking sweet, yeah, by the way. Yeah. And so I'll be doing that. And then, you know, from then on, I go put on my pads and stuff and, Shoot, and then kickoffs five minutes out. So when when you got ready for for the USC game last year, mm-hmm. where was your nerves and anxiety at? Like when when you were getting ready for that because it was your first college football game. Yeah, man, it's cra- it's gonna sound crazy, but I, I I was more worried for myself only because I didn't really have too many nerves. I was like, what the heck's going on? Mm-hmm. And I think some of that might have played a part in the fact that, you know, we had a weirder year where this was our first game coming in. We had just came out of, you know, quarantine and all that stuff mm-hmm. because of the, the outbreak or whatever and all that stuff that was going on. So I feel like that played a part in me not really having that real anxious feeling. And when I don't have that feeling, I feel weird. You know, I need it. I need it. I feel like I thrive on it. That jittery feeling that oh, it's game day. My knees are shaking. My feet are shaking, and it's like, okay, yep, that's the feeling. And so when I didn't have that, I was like, what the hell is going on? I'm pacing up and down the locker room and stuff. And so, nah, like SC was definitely like something. That first game was special to me, you know, just because it was a hometown game um, or, you know, my home school. Uh, I felt like I had to, you know, prove – I had to prove that to those guys, like, hey, you know, I came to Utah and we're going to smash you guys. Didn't end up happening, but this year is going to be the year we smash them. But – um. Did you end up getting an offer from them? Yeah. I take it you did. And yeah. were they in your top? No. Why? Um, well, I think they offered me like later in the process. Really? Yeah. So they they, they offered me like super late. Like they offered me. Kind so, of to where it was kind of offensive, right? I, I, you know, I won't be that recruit <laughs> that, that, that goes off on the school. Yeah. But, you know, it was kind of like, all right, you guys are kind of waiting kind of late in the process. I've already got a top 10. Yeah. I've, I've already got some schools that I've got, you know, I'm thinking about and that I kind of already, you know, feel really good about. And so it was like them offering at that point was kind of like just to throw it out there, just to say that, you know, we threw it out there and we offered this guy. And so I just felt like they weren't really recruiting me throughout the whole process. And so, you know, we were never really interested anyway. Yeah. Um, USC is a school for a lot of guys, but not for a lot of guys. Some of the, you know, what they're about, I'm about different things. I'm about, mm-hmm. you know, the things that Utah stands for. The program yeah. RSNB, and so I wanted to go to a program where certain things were taking pride in, like you know what Coach Galley and Coach Whittingham believe. So I, I felt like you know I, I didn't lose anything by not really. By the way, you brought up RSNB for those out there who are wondering because you guys throw it out there on Twitter all the time. What does yeah. it stand for? 
Relentless, smart, nasty ball hawks. Nothing better than that yeah. than that phrase right there. RSNB. We're going to be like that here on Faith Family Football as well, because coming up next, I'm going to be a relentless, smart, nasty ball hawk when it comes to college <laughs> football picks. You ready for that? That's right, and I won't lose. Well, you you end up saying that, and then <laughs> you know when when we end up going into the into the picks, and you know we're like six weeks into this thing, I'm and I'm and I'm, right. I'm like smashing you. You're going to be like, all right, I'm d- I'm done doing picks. I'm I'm going to make it to where you quit. <laughs> nah, don't do that. It won't it won't ever happen because relentless is the first word in R S and B, Trevor, and we don't quit. We're relentless. It's true. There's also a, a <laughs> giant saying in in the in the Ken Garf red zone: Utes don't quit. That's right. I so, love that. All right, we're going we're gonna to make our college football picks coming up on the other side here on Faith Family Football. the third music brought to you by Bryce Phillips the one and only Lil B Lil B who will eventually join the show by the way we need to we need to talk about when we're going to start rolling in guests in, on this show like we got to get pops gotta oh, get, yeah. we got to get mom on yeah got to get Bryce maybe even your little sister we got some extra chairs for some guys on the team as well yeah absolutely we do oh yeah are, are we going to get the roommates in here or, or is yeah, that going to be no, too a, a little too revealing definitely of, of definitely like. get the roommates man and I'll tell you, we gotta that. get all of them in here. All of them, they, they would love that, man. And from Thomas to Little Max to uh, to Makai, you to guys got a lot of different even personalities. Now we've got George, in that. George, yeah, Big George, running back. What is his last name, by the way? How do you say? I don't it? know how to pronounce. Because I had to do his like player profile. Yeah, I had to do the best I could. Really? I, I I'm you pretty say sure. It? Let's hear it. Let's hear it, George. I, I'm well, sending this to you after this. I, w- I would have to pull it up. Um, <laughs> I'll end up pulling it up later, and I will definitely show you because uh george is probably gonna be like nope and but maybe he's used to people screwing yeah, he, up i mean at that point i think you're pretty used to you but know, you should he, also know since he is your roommate well he just moved in a couple weeks ago so i got some time to learn it you but know. he's also been on is this his second year yeah on the but team? come you on know, he man. had a, he had an injury though you know so he hadn't been around oh, the facility so in a while. you know he's injured you just throw him nah, away not at all not at all george <laughs> is my guy and he's actually he cooked a, a dope pastry last night man he, really and on the in the oven i forget what it's called i got a I gotta see what it's called, but um, I didn't get to try it yet. But he said it's like double milk something. Let me Ooh. see, and man. But this thing looks so good. He said basically it's called a triple flavor tres leche in the fridge. I don't know. That sounds amazing. Triple flavor tres. I don't know. It sounded like a Spanish Especially from you know a fat guy. It sounds amazing. <laughs> hey, don't do that. You're not fat, Trev. I am. Nah, but, but it, okay, it looks but so good, nice man. <laughs> um. Yeah, I. Uh, by the way, shout out! You ended up bringing in donuts, a little yeah. a little co-host surprise. That's I, right. I, I did the last two weeks. Yeah, so it was my turn. I have to carry my weight, Trevor. You well, know. you know, I do appreciate it, and I do love myself a donut. Oh yeah, it's three of them in there for you. Three, three of them. Are you actually making me share with 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 my wife and Parker? That's right. That's right. I was hoping it'd be all that's three right. For me, but okay. <laughs> that's right. I got I got to share with them because them two man, I love them both, and can't wait to come over for some dinner, man. Yeah, for, I, yeah get a little uh, home home cooked meal. That's right. In that's Utah, right. Uh, we'll definitely get that done. All right, you ready to make some picks? Let's do it. Okay, I've got five games. You guys are gonna hear me typing because I'm gonna be I'm gonna be um, keeping track of our records throughout the year. Yeah. So I, and I already have I, I have it all right here on this rundown. If you look. You got the games, and then it says Clark and then Trevor of, of, who, of who we're picking. All right, first game we're gonna at least pick one Pac-12 game every week. We we, we might do more, we might do less, or actually we can't do less because I said we're gonna do one Pac-12 game. Um, number sixteen LSU heading to the Rose Bowl to take on the UCLA Bruins, who just came off of smashing Hawaii. Yeah, who you got? LSU. 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 Okay, why? All day, man. I, I got faith in that secondary. Uh, they're saying. 
debatable for for me since I'm you know kind of conflict of interest because I feel like me and JT and Malone are the best secondary around. Mm-hmm. But um, they've got a great secondary and Derek Stingley and Elias Stingley. Ricks. Stingley's um, a beast. So I think um, I don't think UCLA will be able to do anything with that. And then uh, LSU's just got a lot of weapons, man. They're, they're they're down south. They've got some some weapons in the running back room. You know, they got some some guys defensively that I think can just make them pay and. I think um, Elias had a two or three pick sixes. So even if LSU doesn't score on, on UCLA, like uh, Hawaii's struggled to score, even though it's LSU, I think that the defensively we'll be able to get some touchdowns on that side. I'm also shocked that LSU is willing to make the trek clear out west for a non-conference game. Like normally it'd be like right. you know the Rose Bowl or yeah, you know something like that. Or, you know like the the college football playoff <laughs> if it's played in Glendale, Arizona or whatever. The fact that they're going out there. And by the way, you guys are getting Florida out here if you're still here. Yeah, in in two years from now, uh, yeah. next year you guys are going down to Gainesville. I thought it, I thought it was uh, I thought yeah, I thought it was next year. So next year you guys are going down to Gainesville. Okay, gotcha. You gotcha. guys are going to the swamp. Yeah, and then then in the year after, in twenty twenty three, they'll be coming here. Out. Okay, okay, cool. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. The fact you're getting an SEC team to come out here. Heck yeah, a team man. like Florida, and uh, Dan Mullen, a former Utah coach. Um, I'm also going with LSU. I'm not on I'm not on the UCLA bandwagon yet. I I mean. Hawaii, I mean, I'm I'm not going to say anything bad about it. They're just not good. Yeah, yeah. Did not look good. I feel bad for your boy, Pete Tatanga, who, uh, who, who uh, transferred to guy. Hawaii. Um, yeah, just the Rainbow Warriors just did not look good. Yeah. And the Bruins just had – their running game was really good. The Tigers' defense is going to be a lot better than Hawaii's. That's what I'm thinking, man. And it'll be it'll be interesting to see, man. And I'll be, you know, I'll be trying to uh, afterwards. We'll definitely come back and we'll compare notes and stuff because we're on the same side in this particular bet. Uh, I think um, we'll both come out on top. This one we might go different. Number okay. 19, Penn State, heading to Camp Randall to take on number 12, Wisconsin. The Nittany Lions come in 19th ranked. The Badgers are 12th. But the Badgers are at home. Uh, Who you got? That that plays a part. I gotta go Wisconsin. I was hoping you go Penn State. I was thinking Penn State, but no, I couldn't do that. My in laws live in Wisconsin. Uh, I've actually been to I've actually been to a Packers game. I haven't been to Camp Randall yet. I want to. Yeah. But for the sake of this, I'm going Penn State. <laughs> Penn State's gonna get smashed, Trev. This is gonna be one and zero for you. Just letting you know, one and zero. I mean, the Badgers. Do have a good team, but uh, Penn Penn State. I mean, the only thing I'm worried about with them is that they always come in with a lot of hype and then they underdeliver uh, right out that's of the so gates. True. That's so true. So I, I I just don't know. This one I feel like we're going to go the same. Uh, number one Alabama against number fourteen Miami. They are playing at. I gotta the, go with Miami. No, nope, I'm just kidding. I'm going Alabama. <laughs> I was going to say they're they're actually playing neutral field at, at the Falcon Stadium in, in Atlanta. Well, that, that makes it somewhat fair, huh? Well, that's also where uh, Alabama wins all the SEC championships. That's true. Then that's Same not stadium. too neutral, huh? It's kind of like their home away from. We home. all know how many championships Alabama's won. <laughs> yeah, which by the way, did you ever want? You ever, you ever thought about rolling with the tide? You know, early in my recruiting process, Trev, I actually did. Uh, we took a visit down there. That's actually where I earned my scholarship offer, man. I had to prove it all, and so you know, I think I forget what scholarship number it was, um, but I met Coach Saban, you know, in his office after camp. It was some killers out there man all it was like all of the top five receivers in my class that were out there that's where we all earned our scholarship for to alabama um the kid at uh um, alabama who's a safety right now malachi moore mm-hmm. we he earned his there like it was all of us there man and so uh i ended up running like a high four four at that camp as a sophomore you know and so that's when they were like okay this dude is gonna be special he's 15 years old you know by the way how nice is saban's office uh, it's, uh, it's super, it's, it's ridiculously nice, man. He's got all, I mean, the majority of that office is just basically, you know, accolades, trophies, Rings, and- trophies to, I mean, everything. And so when you walk in, you're like, I didn't even really see Saban. He was hiding somewhere in his trophies. <laughs> he, was, he was hiding behind his rings. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, he's all flashing his hands, kind of like Tom Brady. I don't, I don't get starstruck mo- <laughs> much, man. But I'll tell you, man, having a conversation with him, with him, especially as a sophomore, was it was crazy. It was a special experience, you know, for me, my dad, and I went in with you know, uh, bullet uh, bullet points and notes to ask, and I forgot them all. Really, my dad had to take over. Um, I know that there's a lot of youth fans who are not. Big fans of uh, of Nick Saban with the way he handled himself when Utah and Alabama played in the Sugar Bowl in yeah. in two thousand eight. Um, yeah, he kind of overlooked Utah, thought that they should have gone to a better bowl game, and Utah went and smashed them. 
Yeah. And so how how cool of a guy is, is Nick Saban? I mean, obviously, he wanted to get you to go to his school. Yeah, so he's going to be super cool. But just overall, your, your, your whole experience visiting Alabama and talking to Nick Saban. It was great, man. He... Uh He's a lot different than on TV. I say he's more personable than he is, um, than he seems. I'll say, you know, in front of the cameras when he's when 17 cameras are thrown in his face after a big win. Um, he was definitely super, super cool to my mom. He was really, really straightforward, really straight to the point. He told me, Hey, you know, you've got what it takes to play, you know, at Alabama. And he said, you know, we've been watching you for some time now. Uh, we watched you from the moment that you left uh, St. John Bosco your freshman year. We watched that freshman film. Wait, you went to St. John Bosco? My freshman year, man, and I played some games up there and then I wanted to play with my little brother, so we had to go somewhere where we play together. And so we, um, you know, because of Bosco, you have to basically pay, and they were going to basically charge, you know, arm and leg for my brother to go there um, because he, you know, was younger or whatever, because he was coming in with a little bit less, you know, traction. And so... It was a no-brainer. I wanted to play my brother in high school. I wanted to go to the same school. It was no, no way I'd go to a different high school than my brother. And so, he uh, they he basically told me, my family, like, hey, you know, we've been watching you for a while, you know, and wanted to get you down here for a camp, see how well you run, see how well you cover. I had an interception that day. Uh, you know, I always try to take the ball, Trev. You know me now. I you you always take the ball, man. I always take the ball, man. So you're always like even texting me like, hey, I gotta I got a pick today, yeah, you know, things yeah. like that. You n- you never tell me off who, but uh, <laughs> you know. And so yeah, man. So I uh, he was like, dude, you just you know you got the instincts, the ball skills, uh, and then you've got the competitive edge that we look for. Yeah. And so he was like, you're 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 an Alabama corner if you ask me. And I was like, man. And so I just I was kind of stumped for words. That's before. crazy. Yeah, man. So my dad took over the show because me and my mom were sitting there just you know kind of glossy eyed and wide eyed, staring at the jewelry, staring at the jewelry, and <laughs> we couldn't you know we couldn't uh, we couldn't say a word, man. We, Leave we it up to awesome. pops yeah. to to my, keep it straightforward in business. A, yeah, my dad, you know, my dad's in the business world, and so he's been in a lot of million dollar conversations, billion dollar conversations. So he's uh he's very very seasoned in that respect, and he understands you know how to orchestrate a meeting like that, and he and he did a great job, man. I'm just thankful for pops. It, I didn't mean to shout you out right here, Pops, but I have to because, you know, there was moments in my recruitment where, you know, especially when you're talking to Nick Saban, where I was stumped for words. Uh, You know, I literally didn't know what to say. I'm just like, I want to come to Alabama. (laughs) And so, uh, nah, but Nick Saban, man, back to your question, he was a great guy. He he was straight to the point. He was straightforward. It was no extra selling. no, no, it wasn't a lot of recruiting. It was either take nonsense. it or leave it, it kind like, of thing. Take it or leave it. It was, it was really, really straightforward, and that's what I liked about it. It was different from any other place, and this was early in my process. You know, it only got crazier as the process went on. By the time I was a junior, guys were saying all type of stuff, and he kept it true. And you know, DB coach, I forget his name at the time, man. It was so long ago. It feels like, but yeah. Also, a lot of his coaches seem to go on and get you know gigs yeah. as a head coach. Positional elsewhere. coaches, man. Within years, I mean, a lot of those guys. So I, I can think. Ah, damn. I'm thinking. I'm drawing a blank, man. But I remember the linebacker coach at that time is like a D coordinator now, or the D coordinator is like a head coach now somewhere. Yeah. And so like every year, it's usually man, how it works. Yeah. And so you know, you coach with Nick Saban, you're going to mm-hmm. get a head coaching gig. And so yeah. now nah, he was a great guy. By the way, I'm going with Alabama. Just I'm going with Alabama too. I mean Miami. I just don't think that they stand a chance. <laughs> That's going to be a smashing. Un- uh, until someone can beat Alabama, I'm going with Alabama. Yeah. Um, all right. Here, here, here's a here's a sneaky good one. Number twenty three, Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, mm. going to f- take on number twenty one, Texas, in Austin. Sark's there now. Brand new coaching staff. Um, hope I think Alfonso Taylor's tra- at Louisiana. Is he? I, Wait, I, which Louisiana I, 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 is this? This is just the Raging Cajuns. I think he's at Southeast Louisiana. Southeast Louisiana, okay. Which is an FCS. Might I think. be a different one. Okay, I know that. Yeah, his which is actually is... a good a good team out of the FCS. Got it. Well, I gotta go with Texas. Yeah, I gotta go with Texas. I'm going with the Raging Cajun. Well, Get you're it gonna done. Lose. You're gonna lose. That's two and zero right there. That's two and zero, Trev. Sometimes you just gotta take a risk because in <laughs> in you know picks you never know what happens, especially Facts. in college football. Facts. Anybody can beat anybody. That's real. So I'm gonna go with the raging Cajuns. Um, all right, final pick for this one here. I'm gonna type it in real quick just so we have it on record. So week one looks like I've already won. Oh, I'm stop my chicken it! Before they hatch, stop man. it, man! Stop it! <laughs> I, I I end up hoping you come in like two and whatever because you and I have only picked the same on two games. So, um. I have a feeling we're going to go different. So this is going to be played at the Carolina Panthers Stadium. Yeah. Number five, Georgia, heading to uh, 
to to that stadium, which is in North Carolina, which is just pretty close to number three Clemson. So you got number five Georgia, number three Clemson, neutral field, closer to Clemson though. It's that Carolina Panther Stadium. I gotta go Clemson. Yeah, going yeah. With, going with the Fighting Dabos. I got to. Trevor Lawrence isn't there anymore, but they have that uh, backup quarterback yeah. who was pretty good. Yeah. He, he, I just he was, think he was all right. they've got all the pieces. You know what? I go back on what I said. Jermaine Burden is my guy. He's at Georgia. He's a receiver. Okay. They've got a couple other guys. I got to go Georgia. I got to go Georgia. Good, because I, I was going to go Clemson. So. <laughs> yeah, because uh, Clemson, now that I think about it, you know, you made me second guess things when you reminded me about Trevor Lawrence being gone. He was, you know, a guy that could. It doesn't mean that they're going to suck. They're going to suck, Trev. They're gonna Clemson's going to suck. <laughs> I'm just messing also with you. In, in, in a conference that's pretty easy. I mean, you're in the ACC where they're not. It's not as competitive football. I mean, it seems like Clemson always smashes everybody in that conference. All really? right. So just to recap, you're going with LSU, Wisconsin, Alabama, Texas, and Georgia. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. I'm going with LSU, Penn State, Alabama, Louisiana, and Clemson. Yep. It looks like I'll be winning week one. Are you going to lock it in? Yeah, let's lock it in. Because I don't think you're going to win. Do we need to put uh, some kind of wager on this for like the end of the season? Something like that. We might have to. We'll end up thinking of something. Yeah, we'll have to think but, about uh, something. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you're going to be coming out. <laughs> I'll come out victorious, man. Don't worry. We'll find a way. But then we'll end up uh, picking it. You know, we'll end up throwing in some... Uh, some NFL picks next week. We'll see how, how, how your NFL knowledge is with all the moves that are happening within the National Football League, a place that Clark will end up uh, going at some point in time within his career. Again, I'm hoping he's here as long as Britton Covey was, but we also want him to have an NFL career, right? That's right. Um, all right, so as we head into the end of this show, uh, what are some final thoughts as you guys head into take on Weber State? Uh, some, you know... Some keys to the game. What do you need to guys? What do you guys need to do to come out with a win and and uh, start looking? You guys will have a couple of day extra days to get ready for that team down south. That's right, um, man. Start. I think um, we just got to play our game. We've done the preparation piece. Uh, you know, we've had a couple extra, about a week extra actually for pre- preparation in terms of Weber State. As so have they have as well. They, they've had that extra time, and so I think we've just got to you know execute our game plan. Adjust on the fly. Halftime adjustments are big, just like Coach Whittingham says. He said uh, games are win, games are won, and games are lost. And you know, within halftime adjustments. And so, you know, you saw Washington State last year how you know how it went after halftime. And so, we've got to make sure um, you know that we just stay on our p's and q's um, formationally uh, within the play, uh, within the playbook, within our defensive scheme. And then just, you know, just, just playing ball. That's what it comes down to. Just having fun and, you know, doing what we do. Being relentless, smart, nasty, and, you know, in the secondary, hopefully, even in the linebacker crew and maybe even on the D-line, being ball hawks. Mm-hmm. Um, fi- final thing, and then we'll we'll, uh, leave, we'll leave on, on this note. <clears throat> this is your guys' first game without Ty Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um, losing him. Obviously, you guys are going to announce some some things that you guys are going to do to honor him. Yeah. Um. What what goes through your mind? I I know I know the coaches are probably not leaving him out of your guys' minds as well as you guys are getting ready for for this season, knowing of what his you know potential was and, and what it could be going into this season without him. What 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 comes to mind with that? Man, it's tough, you know, being a former player, being a player that played with him and shared so many great moments with Ty. Um, dude was just a special soul, man, and honestly, you know. Many players have said it. The coaches have said it. We're dedicating this to him. You know, it's all that he will want, you know, is us to continue to work hard, us to continue to do it for him, us to continue to, you know, just do everything weekly that we can to win. And so, you know, it's just it, – it, it sits with me in a funny way, man, just knowing that he's not here, but I know that he's in a better place. And, you know, going into this, you know, first game, man, without him is, is definitely hard. And it's going to be hard for everyone. But I know that um, a victory will definitely make us feel a lot better. And so we've got to do this thing for him, and that's why we're dedicating this season to him. We've got some things planned. I don't know them all yet. I don't know really what we're doing is that exactly, but I know we have a Ty Jordan scholarship fund that will be announced before the game. Um, that's what it looks like. And then we have a couple other things that we're going to try to do in, in his memory and 
you know, we're just grateful, man, for that guy. He was a special, special soul, man. And he did so many great things, you know, on and off the field. And just just to build the relationships that he built in the time that he was here. Special. Just hearing, you know, other people. My relationship with him was completely different than his relationship with certain people. And all of them were super special. And just seeing how he touched so many different hearts and so many different people was just special, man. And he's someone that I aspire to be like. Um, What was your first interaction like with him? When, when you first arrived on campus and met him for the first time? So when he first got on campus, he uh, he was moving into his dorm. He was uh, at Aaron Lowe's uh, place. Mm-hmm. Or no, he was at uh, Jordan Wilmore's place because Jordan Wilmore was his big brother. And um, I came over there just to say what's up, you know, and just to meet him or whatever. Coach Mack wanted me to go over and say what's up. And so we've had some conversations. Coach Mack ended up talking to Jordan Wilmore, and he was hanging out in there, whatever. And he was moving into the dorms, I believe, next to Jordan Wilmore, or he might have been moving in with him. And so I ended up talking to him, and we ended up figuring out where each other were. I was like, oh, you're from, oh, okay, bet, you know. He was like, man, we will beat any team from Cali. And, like, we were just talking trash and stuff and, like, you know, all that stuff. All that guy stuff. He was asking me if I played any video games. I was telling him, you know, I play Madden, but I don't really play too much. And um, I was just telling him, I was like, man, I heard good things about you, man. I can't wait to get you up here and working and everything. And he was just telling me. He was like, man, I'm excited. He was like, that first, I think it was the first or second day of conditioning um, after spring or something. or after It was after something that we had just ran. Mm-hmm. And I remember him being like, dude, like, this is tough, bro. Like, this is, he was like, I haven't conditioned like this. I don't know. This is different. And he got used to it real fast. But, I mean, even a lineman can attest to this. He, it, was, it wasn't a play in that huddle when he wasn't tired. He was always out of breath. But what made him different was he just, every run he ran, he gave it his all. He would come back to the huddle, whether it was a two-yard gain or a 50-yard gain, the same level of tired. Yeah. While all those guys have attested to that, but it just shows you how gritty of a player he was and how much he really wanted, how bad he really wanted it. Because no matter what you, he always was bent over and tired and stuff, but that dude always made something happen too. And so I could tell he was special from the moment that I met him, man. And he had a loving spirit like no other, man. He just, he was different, man. He was, he was different. He was the first man, ran up to me and hugged me and said, man, you looking like my son after my pick six. You know, he was having a crazy good game that game as well. And, that was special, man. I watched that video over and over sometimes, and I cry. I'm just like, damn, miss this dude, man. I miss his smile, and I miss, you know, just his contagious energy. He always had a smile, and his his heart was always happy, and I'm just glad he's in a better place now. And as much as we love him, we know that he's in a better place, you know. How cool was it to honor his life at Cowboy Stadium? It was it was special. It was special, and it, it was tough. Uh, it, was, it was a lot of things, man, but— what I can say it was a beautiful celebration. It, it was good to see all of his family. It was tough for you know his football family and his you know his, his immediate family and everything. But I feel like it gave us a sense of closure, you know, and that's what it was for. And I feel like um, you know he his dreams of going to the NFL were shown that on that day, you know, because it was at the Cowboys Stadium, and I feel like um, he would have been you know in a couple of years barring injury he would have been. And NFL. You and him would have gone to the league together. Together, man. And we and you know what's crazy? We we often talked about that before our first game and we're like, we're really gonna be like the next guys, huh? I was like, man, we're gonna it's like we're gonna be like Zach Moss and Jalen Johnson. We used to always just joke That's around awesome. and say stuff and I remember him saying that he's like, Man, bro, he's like, You special. I'm like, nah, you're special, bro. I'm like, man, I'm trying to follow you and we'd always mess with each other. You know, I grab his arm and call him back on Bobby. I call everybody back on Bobby, Bobby, if you lift weights. And so I always <laughs> tease that guy. And I used to mess with him, but I just loved him, man. And I still love him. He special place in my heart, man. And I, this season is really dedicated to him. I'm going to try to score a touchdown in his, in his honor. And when you do, you got to flash like the twos or something like flash that. Flash the twos for real, man. Every every time that I can, you know, remind somebody of him or even remind myself of him, I'm going to just throw the twos up, you know. Um, something on, on that, on that service, uh, at Cowboy Stadium, you guys did the, uh, what is it called? The Utah Millie? Yeah. Yeah. You guys did that, uh, in the end zone with him next to you. That was so special, man. It was, it was hard. It was hard because, you know, you remember immediately as a player doing it with everyone, doing it with Ty. And so doing it with him, you know, not with us, you know and spirit and all that stuff was really tough, but it was special and it kind of signified, Hey, we're letting you go now. You, you know, you're going to heaven. And for me, it was like, it was like that final closure and it was tough. And I hugged, I hugged Darren Lowe, you know, and we both just sat there for a minute. We were like, man, love that dude, man. 
tie, you know. And so uh, that was tough, but it was special, man. I remember Nano, he he led, I think, Nano and a couple other guys were up there. And it was tough, man. It was it was super tough. And I can't say it enough, but it, it was special just to see all the guys come together. I'll say that. Well, obviously the season's dedicated to him. Mm-hmm. You guys are going to go out and ball out for this. Um, best of luck tomorrow night, Thank Thursday, you. in the opener. And we'll uh, talk to you next week previewing the team down south. Appreciate that, Trev. Well, well, hopefully we'll be talking next week about how well we did after today, after tomorrow. And then we'll also uh, be breaking down what you guys have got laying ahead as you guys will head the road to the first time in, in the season. That's right. Not not too long of a drive, but uh, heading, to, not at all. heading to Provo. Heading to Provo. Crossing the border. Crossing the border. That, I mean, that's the plan, man. And we plan on coming back with a big, with a big uh, like Coach Whittingham would say, Super Bowl ring. Because every, every game is a Super Bowl ring, and even more so that team down south, right? Yep. Good luck and go get it. Appreciate you, Trev. There you go. That is Faith Family Football with Clark Phillips. It is a game day eve edition. Enjoy the game. Coverage of that game will be on the, the uh, Pac-12 network beginning at 530, unless you're in that, in that piping loud stadium. And you guys can always catch all the coverage on kslsports.com.